All righty. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chuck. Um, awesome. So like you said, my name is Zach. Um, I get to serve on the um, student ministry team here. I love it uh, for middle school, high schools, and young adults. Uh, but really, in general, I'm, life is going really awesome for me right now. I know not everyone follows my wife, Angelina, and I on social media, so I'll just make the announcement here. We are really excited because we are pregnant. We are expecting, and on top of that, we are expecting twins. So, you know, we're excited, nervous, happy, scared, every emotion, you know, you can feel. So if you want to pray, definitely could use the prayers for that. Um, but like I said, our student ministry um, is going really, really awesome right now. Uh, we've always kind of had this vision for our students to try and create an environment um, that allows students to feel like they belong and then invite them into a relationship with Jesus um, in that order. And, you know, I think sometimes teenagers kind of get a bad rap. Oh, I'm going to represent right now for the teenagers. I think sometimes people think teenagers are really scary, which unless you give them too much caffeine or sugar, then they're really scary. But other than that, you know, they're really um, not that bad. I mean, like, like any of us, we just, um, they really just want someone to show them that they matter and to show them that they can be there for them. Um, you know, even, even for you guys, let's think, think back to when you were a teenager right now. Maybe, you know, maybe if, I'm sure it was just maybe like last year for some of you guys, maybe it was a little bit longer. Um, but think back to when you were a teenager. And, you know, times they've definitely um, changed over the years. But I think kind of in general, people and the way people respond to their environments, you know, really hasn't changed that much, right? Really the biggest change of what I've seen happen over the years is teenage drama has just shifted from kids talking like, oh my gosh, did you hear Becky went on a date with Jason? They got to go to McDonald's and he spent 30 cents. He's rich. To now it's switched oh my gosh, did you hear Becky went on a date with Jason? He spent 500 bitcoins on their virtual reality date, and then they played Fortnite, (laughs) right? Times change, but really people don't, right? Um, And, you know, I think teenagers, they're they're still going through all the same emotions and feelings and and hardships that you went through when you were a teenager, Uh, maybe just even a little bit more, which is all the more reason I think Every single one of you guys have something to offer in the lives of teenagers to be used by God. And I would love for you um, just to be bold one day and maybe come and talk to me in the warehouse and see, uh, man, how can God use you in the life of a teenager? I would love that. Uh, But the reason I bring all this stuff is because hopefully, hopefully if you're not a teenager right now, hopefully you're still not getting mixed up in teenage drama, right? You're still hopefully not getting mixed up with the temptations and distractions that teenagers are facing, But what you've probably noticed by now, as you get older, you're still faced with comparisons, temptations, distractions, pressure. They just pull your focus in different forms now. So today, um, on Palm Sunday, we're starting a new series this morning called Let Hope Rise. And we're kind of understanding the idea of understanding where do we draw hope that empowers us. So here's the question we're going to be talking about this morning is it's this. Right? How do we keep our head when everyone is losing theirs? How do we keep our head when everyone is losing theirs? I'm not sure if this... It's all right. They will, they will get it going. So how do, we keep our mind, how do we keep our head when everyone is losing theirs from all the temptations, distractions, voices, and pressures that we are, are faced with? So really, I mean, we have to ask the question first. I mean... Why is everyone losing their heads? Or really, how is everyone losing their heads right now? Can we all just take a moment to acknowledge right now that we are all busy. 
This is a busy time, right? We're all feeling busy to some extent right now. If you're in school, this is, this is like the end. When summer is almost here and you've got all your finals and homework and testing and your teachers and professors are stressed out too, so they're tired of giving you patience and it's just a very stressful time right now. Or even if you're a parent and you have kids, um, this can be a particularly just kind of busy season. And even if you're involved in the church and somehow as a church volunteer or anything like that, this is a really busy season for us approaching Easter. Even if you volunteer here at church, you're probably feeling that um, pressure a little bit. So we all can admit, right, we're all, we're all pretty busy right now. And I don't, I don't know if this is maybe partly due to it, but, um, you know, their clinical, like clinical depression, anxiety, last I heard in millennials, is up 20%, which is crazy. They say that's actually considered an epidemic. And that might be partly in due because of this comparison trap that we fall in where, where young people are willing to sell out everything of who they are and the morals they have just for a little limelight on Instagram for some more followers or to get views on YouTube or whatever. And, man, at, at a sickening rate, I mean, if we turn on the news, we see that suicide and mass shootings are up at a crazy rate. And, uh, man, our country feels like it's getting more divided by pol- politics and racial tensions. And all this is happening all around us. All we have to do is turn on the news to kind of see what's happening. But we can get so distracted from what's happening right in front of us because culture pulls us into this rat race of feeling like we always need to do more and be greater. Right? We can't even manage how we are supposed to put our focus. So right now, think about this question. Right, right now, what has your focus? Right, what has your focus? And if you're going, Jesus, right? That's just good, but are you at least aware of like, what's trying to pull your focus? Right, is, it, is your focus on your family, on your kids? That sounds like it's pretty good, right? Is your focus maybe on yourself? Maybe you're focusing on your pride and everything is about you. Is your focus just constantly on your failures and what you're struggling with? Is your focus primarily just on your career and trying to achieve more and focusing on making more? Is your, is your focus on your comparisons? Are you always trying to keep up with the Joneses? Or is your focus maybe on your temptations and what you're struggling with? Right? What has your focus? And like I said, some of those don't sound that bad. Right? Sometimes at a certain point, our focus should be on our family and our kids at some point. But for anything, if our focus is on anything before Jesus, you're going to start finding out that these problems are not going to stop going away as problems. You're going to find it a whole lot harder to find that hope that you need to empower you through these distractions, temptations, and pressures that we all go through. So what we're going to look at this morning is Jesus, he actually laid out a great model for us. And when the pressure is, is, when we're feeling the pressure, how to keep our head and how to stay focused, even when it feels impossible. So our text today is going to come out of John um, chapter 12, um, verses 12 through 19. And like I said, today is Palm Sunday, where we're getting ready to celebrate for before next week, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But Palm Sunday is um, what we're going to be reading today, is this is when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem with his disciples to celebrate the Jewish um, festival called Passover. Um, and at this point in Jesus' life, he was gaining a lot of notoriety. 
What I mean by that is um, he, he was getting pretty popular, right? At this point, he had been doing healings. He had been casting out demons. He had been doing miracles. He had raised Lazarus from the dead, which was crazy. And people were talking about him. Word was spreading. You know, Jesus was at like the peak of his popularity and all this hype was around him. And what we're going to read today is Jesus, he actually, in this moment of what we're going to be looking at, riding into Jerusalem, he was under immense pressure. So would he lose focus and go the way of the crowd, go the way that everyone was pulling him towards? Or was he going to be able to stay focused and go the way of the cross? So if you guys will, let's read this right now. If you see anything in red, you can read it with me. Um, But here's what it says, starting in chapter 12, um, verse, verse 12. It says, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting. Read this with me. Let's shout it like we're actually like, like, like them, like they were really shouting it. Ready? Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young, that was actually pretty good. Good job, guys. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, and they continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So how do we keep our head when everyone else is losing theirs? I think what we're going to see from this story of what happened with Jesus is he was able to focus on three big things. We're calling this right now, um, let's focus on the big three and see what we can learn here from Jesus. Here's the first one. What we learn from this is we have to focus um, on our identity. And here in this moment, people were yelling, Hosanna, and they were praising Jesus. And what's really interesting is that word Hosanna in Hebrew actually means save us, help us. So for people to yell Hosanna and to be praising Jesus, they were acknowledging, hey, Jesus is the one who had been prophesied about. This is our king. This is our savior. They just didn't know what kind of savior he was going to be just yet. But this was like it. Okay, this was the praise Jesus finally deserved. I mean, he was God after all. So from the beginning of creation, all of creation had been praising him. And now that he was here on earth, the people around him were finally waking up to giving Jesus the praise he deserves. Even in, uh, in Luke's account of the same story that's happening, the same event that's happening, it says this, when everyone was praising Jesus, it says some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So Jesus, I mean, he understood from the inside. He understood that, hey, I deserve praise. I am God. I, I am creator of all this. And I think, for us to kind of relate to Jesus a little bit, like in this moment, I think we all sometimes like to feel a little valued and appreciated by people. Um, I, I remember when I, was in, when I was in high school, it was my junior year of high school, and I wasn't playing basketball at this point, which was another sob story for another day because I loved basketball. Um, but at this point, um, I wasn't, and um, 
there was this kid named Cody at our, who went to our school, and he was a, he was a wrestler. Anyone, anyone wrestle in here in high school? No one. No one. All right, nice. I didn't either. Well, he was, he was a wrestler, and he was like, wrestling wasn't quite as big as like basketball or football was at my school, but because he was so good, I, I don't know how good he was. He might have been, he might have been nationally ranked. He was definitely ranked in the state. He was kind of a big deal on our campus. Funny thing about him is me and him, him and I, looked exactly the same. We looked, we looked very, very similar. We had kind of a similar build in high school. Um, we had the same haircut. Um, I used to kind of have long hair that would kind of flip out here. I did the little, like, swoosh thing in the front. And he used to drive me crazy when people would be like, oh, the Justin Bieber swoosh. I was like, no. I thought of it first, okay? I had it before him. I'm older. But anyways, so we had the exact same haircut. Um, even our faces looked kind of similar. And this only happened like a handful of times, but um, there were a few times people would come up to me thinking I was Cody. And I remember the first time it happened, I was at school, and some, some random kid at school came up behind me. He was like, yo, man, you're a beast. Great game. You're an animal out there. And I was like, what? He's like, Cody, right? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, okay, my bad. And my friends were laughing, and then it kind of hit me. I'm like, I guess we do kind of look similar. So the idea crossed my mind. I was like, you know, if this happens again, I'm just going to own it. <laughs> Lo and behold, I don't know when it happened. It may have been someone who didn't know me, didn't know him very well, may have just saw him wrestling from the crowd, came up to me, yo, bro, you're a beast. Good game out there. You're an animal. Just like, hey, what can I say? You know, hard work and dedication get to places. <laughs> And I knew it was kind of cheesy. I mean, I knew that it wasn't real. It wasn't really me. But in the, in the moment, I just kind of wanted to know what it felt like to be valued and appreciated by just some random person coming up to me and just showing me praise. I kind of want to just feel that moment of what it felt like to be like a star high school athlete. Right? And, and my, my point is, Jesus, I mean, he was in this hype of everyone who was um, praising him, but he was able to stay focused. Because Jesus knew his identity did not come from people. It came from who his father said he was. You see, if we don't have the confidence of knowing who we are, we're going to be allowing everyone else to define us. So there may be in your life, there may have been a time someone just spoke some hateful, mean words over you. Maybe a long time ago and maybe recently. And you've allowed those words to stick with you. And you've now believed, hey, this is who I am. Maybe you, maybe you feel like you're just struggling with something over and over again. And in your mind, you keep failing at something over and over again. So eventually, you just throw your hands up and went, you know what? This is just who I am. See, we don't have the confidence of knowing who we are. We allow ourselves to fall in this endless cycle of comparison where we feel like we have to do more and achieve more so we can be better and keep up with everyone else, which can lead us down the road of just causing us more anxiety and more depression. See, Jesus, he knew his identity did not come from the praise or the hate of people. It came from who his heavenly father said he was. And it was just three years ago before this event that when Jesus was baptized, um, God said this over him. He said, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I mean, do we understand because of the victory Jesus had on the cross that when we accept him into our lives, this is now what God proclaims over us. I know if you're like me, that's hard to believe because you're going, wait, 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 there is no way I'm like Jesus. 
I mess up way too much. I sin way too much. I struggle way too much. There's no way God is pleased with me. Maybe there's no way God even loves me. I I just can't, I'm just not perfect like Jesus was. You know what God's going? He's saying, I know. That's the whole reason why I came. That's the whole reason I died for your sins. That now, if you accept me into your life, when I look at you, I I don't see your mistakes. I don't see your failures. When I look at you, I see Jesus. So here's the takeaway for us to understand. It's that if you've accepted Jesus into your life, this is your identity as a child of God. When God looks at you, he goes, you are my son. You are my daughter. Whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Maybe some of us need to just hear that this morning. If you're feeling the pressure, remember to focus on your identity. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. Well, I think if you're able to now focus on your identity, that's going to lead you to being able to focus on your humility. Because this is exactly what it did for Jesus. Right? Like we looked at earlier, Jesus, he was at the peak of all this hype and all this chaos going on all around him. He was being ushered in as a king by his people, yet he rode in on a donkey. So I think to kind of help put this into perspective for us a little bit, um, here's kind of what a typical triumphant entrance of a king or of a conqueror would look like. I don't know about you, but that looks like some good living right there. That looks like that'd be pretty nice. Um, Here's what historians have to say about an event like this. They say they would be the star of the show. The godlike victor would ride a spectacular tall-sided chariot pulled by four horses in a lavish procession, which went through the streets of Rome. In other words, this would be a big deal. And this king or this conqueror would be worshipped as like a godlike figure. So think for Jesus, being ushered in by his people as a king, as a conqueror, as a savior. And he's going, you know what? I'm not just a godlike figure. I am God. For Jesus to ride in on a donkey... It was, a, it was a huge sign of, first, it was a sign of peace. He was coming as a sign of peace. And secondly, it was a huge statement of humility. Because Jesus wasn't coming in to ride in to, to be a conqueror of earthly kingdom nations. He was coming as a, as a conqueror of our hearts. And I think if we're honest in different situations in life, I think um, we can tend to sometimes seek this. I don't know if you can see that or not, but that guy got a little better looking. Um, but, you know, I, I put my face on there. I think all of us sometimes want to sit in, in a chair like this, so to speak. Right? In other words, um, sometimes we get caught, and I think it's in our nature sometimes just to be like this, but naturally we sometimes want everything to be about me. And we sometimes go over and we expect everyone to be thinking always about us and to always cater to my needs. We go to school and we expect everyone in school and all of our teachers to always cater to us. Sometimes we're with our family and our marriage and we expect everyone to always just cater to our needs and what we want. We're at our job and we expect our bosses and our coworkers to always just be thinking about us and to cater to our needs. And sometimes we even come to church and we expect churches to always be about us and to cater to our needs. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 20, just a little bit earlier before um, this right into Jerusalem, he says this, says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He says, not so with you. 
Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's kind of the takeaway for us. You know, when we step into pressured situations, right, whether that's at our job, whether that's in our family, whether that's in our marriage, whether that's at school, whether that's even in drama when we find ourselves getting caught in that, do we approach those situations with the attitude of the chariot or of the donkey? Right? Are, are, we, are we stepping on people so that we can shine? Are we lifting up other people around us so that they can shine? Right? Does everything always have to be about us? Are we able to start putting other people first? Right? When we step into pressured situations, are we entering those with the humility of Jesus, knowing our identity and knowing the value of others? So here, here is the third thing Jesus focused on, that we see that he was able to stay focused through this. Because Jesus um, knew his identity, that allowed him to be humble, and because of his humility, Jesus was able to focus on his destiny. Here's what our destiny is. Right? Our destiny is God's destination for us. Right? My destiny is God's destination for me. Right? Your destiny is is God's destination for you. See, Jesus knew in all this amazing praise and all of this hype that was around him, praise, like we said earlier, that he deserved. Right? He was being loved. For the people that he loved, they were finally actually loving him back. In all this that was going on, Jesus knew, hey, this is not my destiny. This is not God's final destination for me. This moment is not where God is leading me. See, Jesus, his destiny was actually the death of himself on the cross for the gain of others. He had to die on the cross so that we can all actually live through him. And we know what's really cool, actually, what happened when Jesus went to the cross? When Jesus went to the cross, he turned that cross into a symbol of self-denial in order that we can love God and love other people better. Jesus says this, you probably maybe have heard this verse before, Luke 9, 23. It's one of my favorite verses. I don't have that many tattoos. In fact, this is my only one. Um, And I actually almost wanted to get this verse tattooed on me because when I first came to Jesus, this was like, this verse impacted me so much. It says this, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So here's the takeaway from this. Are, Are you focused on your destiny? Are you humble enough to actually deny yourself in order to love God more, in order to love other people more? And what this might look like, if you think, just think of maybe where you work, your place of work, your job. Are you honest in the way that you work? Even if maybe you're the only one who is in your field. Even when you're out with people, are you able to say no to certain? This is, this is the one that I've had to work on the most. This one can be difficult. When you're out with people, are you able to say no to certain things in order to have the mindset of going, okay, I need to be aware, am I representing Jesus to them? That's what it looks like to start taking up your cross in order to deny yourself in order to love other people more. So here's, here's what it is. Maybe it's just to start praying. right? To pray and to ask the question, God, where are you leading me? 
God, who are you leading me to? So let's do this. Let's try, let's try and answer this question now. And understanding all of this, let's go back to this question. Amongst all the distractions and temptations and pressures, how do we keep our head when everyone else is losing theirs? Maybe we need to shift our focus. Right? Are we consumed by only thinking about the things that are causing us to, to lose our mind? And if, uh, I think I may have shared this story to some of you guys before, but it's such, a, it's such a great story, a life lesson for me that just helps me understand all of this. Um, story goes, when I was 16, I was learning how to drive. Um, wasn't that good? Of, I, the thing that tripped me out, I took driver's training, and I drove like once before that, and the first driving training I did, the guy jumped in the car, and he's like, all right, you're driving the kid behind you home. I was like, oh gosh, I've never even drove on the road before. I was like super nervous. And the first and second driving lessons I was doing, I had this weird, well, not weird, but I think it's a real fear of I would drive on the side of the, you know, side of the road where the sidewalk is on my right side and people were walking. And I was just really scared that I might like accidentally run someone over. And, you know, that's, that would be terrible. No one wants vehicular manslaughter on the record before you even get your license. And so I remember because I, would be, I, I didn't want to run anyone over, I would actually like look at them on the side of the road and be like, okay, don't hit them, don't hit them, don't hit them. And what ended up happening because of that is I actually started to like veer closer and closer towards them. My driving instructor was like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't want to hit them. He's like, you're crazy. So he's like, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you not to, to look at where you don't want to go. I want you to actually look at the opposite side of the road. He's like, I want you to try looking at the yellow line in the middle of the road. I want you to focus on going where you want to go. And that's going to help you go not go where you don't want to go. And it was such a great lesson for me to realize, you know, where, where I was placing my focus was where I was going. And I think that's the takeaway from this. Where you place your focus is where you will go. Right? Is there, is there a shift in your focus? Do you need to focus on something else? Are you trying to, are you, is your focus right now on the person you don't want to be? Are you focusing on all the things that are maybe wrong around you? Are you focusing on all the problems that are around you? Are you focusing on all the things that are causing you to feel more sad and to cause you to have anxiety? Are you focusing on all the things that could go wrong? Are you worrying too much going, oh, what, what if God doesn't come from, through for me here? What if this happens? What if I fail here? What if I don't get this? What if I don't get that? What if they do this to me? You're just focusing on everything that can go wrong. When the pressure is on, maybe do you need to shift your focus and focus on what Jesus focused on when the pressure was on him. I think if we follow the model of Jesus, you're going to start finding yourself to be empowered by a hope you've never experienced before. Right? When we place, when you're feeling the pressure to place your focus on your identity. Right? You are a child of God. You are a son. You are a daughter. Every step you take, everywhere you go, you are not what anyone else says about you. You need to focus on your humility when you step into those situations. Are you entering those situations with the attitude of the chariot or of the donkey? And you need to focus on your destiny. Right? Where is God leading you? And I promise you, if we can start learning to, to deny ourselves in order to love other people more, in order to love God more, you're going to find yourself in a place where exactly where God is leading you. So here, here's just my point this morning. It's very simple. Shift our focus. 
you're feeling the pressure, maybe we need to shift our focus and you're going to begin to start finding the hope you need to empower you. Let me, uh, let me pray for us. <clears throat> Father, Lord, I thank you just so much Man, you give us this identity that we don't deserve. Lord, you know exactly how much we struggle. You know exactly how much we mess up. Which is the reason we can have the confidence of who you are, Jesus. The confidence to celebrate what we're going to celebrate next week in your resurrection, Lord. That even in our shortcomings, as we pursue you, you call us your child. Lord, I pray as we go back to our life right now, as we go back to our busyness, Lord, we allow that identity in order to give us the confidence to, um, man, not feel like we have to be better than anyone. Not feel like we have to compete with anyone, even compete with ourselves. Lord, show us what it looks like in our lives, in our situations, with the people around us, to live life riding on a donkey, to come in with humility, Lord, give us the strength to deny ourselves. This this is the hardest one. Lord, if there's temptations, if there's struggles, Lord, just put it on our heart. Lord, we can give that to you. That's the joy of what we have, of the power of who you are. If there's, um, with our eyes closed still, our heads bowed, I mean, if there's anyone in here this morning, you don't want to wait another day. You want to have the confidence of knowing what it's like to have hope, but you, you haven't yet received that identity as a child of God. We know when we put our trust in Jesus, I mean, that's the hope we have. That all things work together for our good. That's how God works in our lives. I want to give you that opportunity right now to meet Jesus right here and to receive that identity as a son, as a daughter.